Hello, my friends. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. I'm so glad that you could join me on this adventure today. And I thank you for being a part of the Anything Goes family. Well, today I thought I would talk about something that may be a little uncertain for some people, but I think a lot of people can relate to in one way or another. Either they've heard about it, or experienced it, or have known someone who has. And what I'm talking about is spiritual things. Spirits, entities, energies, things people sense. In order to get into this, I thought I would give a little background um, in my own life and experience to build off of. Now, where this is coming from, to start with, is... um, As I've said in previous episodes, I tend to be a person that likes to delve into um, all kinds of information and kind of learn about all kinds of stuff. And so because of that, I ingest a lot of information about all kinds of topics in life, even if they're a little uncomfortable or foreign to me or whatever. Uh, And so with today's, I'm not quite so foreign with it, but I've grown up in a life where it's been seen in a different light. Um, And so there's a show that I've watched on A&E, Arts and Entertainment Network, I guess is the name of the channel. (laughs) It's a show they did a few episodes of called Psychic Kids. Um, And the reason I thought that would be a good launch point to talk about this is because it's something that I've known for pretty much my whole life. Um, It's been interpreted in different ways because of my upbringing, but I know that it is something that has a sense of reality because I've seen it and I've talked to others who have experienced it. I've been with others who we've mutually experienced these things. Uh, So, no further ado, we'll get into a little bit of the backstory. Uh, I grew up in a, a traditionally Roman Catholic family. And that's pretty common for families uh, coming from um, Mexico, South America probably even. Now granted things are shifting these days, but when I was younger, it was very common to be Roman Catholic if you were in Mexico, which is where my father's side of the family was from, as I'd mentioned in a previous episode. Uh, That said, at a very early age, I always knew that I could sense things. I could feel things. Um, it was confusing because I didn't know how to define it. And as a child, you know, you, you define it by what you know. And I think that's true for any time in our life. Um, where it can be more confusing as a child is you don't have a lot of life experience. And so it can be really hard to figure out what's going on. And so, um, I knew in my family, my, my, uh, grandmother, was very much in tune to things like that. And there's been a few other people I've known in family that have had some sense of that as well. Um, 
My grandmother in particular, I remember her telling me an account that she, uh, her and my grandfather were in um, uh, downtown Dallas area during the time that John F. Kennedy was having his uh, parade through the town the day he was assassinated. My grandmother was telling me that, I guess it was a week or so before that, she had a dream. And in the dream, she was, it was in a big field area. And she was standing in a crowd with other people and saw um, a, ga- a crowd of people gathered around someone. And as she looked, she saw it was John F. Kennedy laying on the ground and he had been wounded. And there were people tending to him. And she said that she was on that side where they, she could see. And then she saw my grandfather, her husband, was there as well. But he was on the other side of this fence that was there, that separating her and the other people and John F. Kennedy from his side. And there was like a barbed wire fence or something like that. And my grandfather could not cross over to the other side. Um, people that were on the other side of the fence could not get over there. And my grandmother had told me about that, and she said, you know, I, I thought it was strange, and I, I didn't know quite what to think of it. A week later, she's in Dallas, and lo and behold, when the assassination happens, she's on the side of the street where it occurs, and she sees the gathering and sees all these things happening. And my grandfather was on the other side of the road or other side of the freeway or something like that. At any rate, when it happened he and the people on that side were not permitted to cross over, were not allowed to move over to this area where she was. And she remembered having that dream, and it, you know, as for me and for others who have experienced things like that, uh, you don't know quite what to do with it. If you don't have a context for how to relate to what you just encountered, it can freak you out. Even if you do, it can freak you out. And so my grandmother had told me about that, and it was an encouragement for me because I knew there were things I would sense, things I would see, things I felt, uh, presences that with the physical, physical eye could not be seen, but could be sensed. And uh, I, I had felt these things for quite some time. I mean, it's a very young age. I, as much as I can remember back, I remember that there was stuff like that. I think it really started probably closer to around somewhere around six to eight years old. Um, And I think the earliest encounter encounter I can remember of that was, um, I'm thinking back here, probably, yeah, probably back when um, my father and I lived in an apartment complex. And I know my dad at the time was really into like aliens and alien abductions and things like that and he wondered you know what was up with that and he would read books about people that had claimed to have been abducted and such um i didn't really know anything about it you know i was young i just remember hearing about it but i remember um in the apartment that we lived in um my bed was in one room my father's was on the other side of the apartment my bed Um, the foot of the bed faced towards my closet, which was those sliding door, the mirrored sliding door kinds of closets. And I remember uh, one account waking up and feeling like something was sitting on my chest. And I remember being awake and trying to yell to my father, but I couldn't yell for help. 
and I just remember the the feeling being very intense, very heavy, very dark. And it scared me. But I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, and that was the earliest moment I remember feeling something like that, where I, was, I wasn't sure what to do with it. At another time, I, uh, in living in that same apartment, I remember waking up one night... And again, I felt that presence, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it was sitting on my chest. Instead, I just felt it in the air of the room that it just, if you've never encountered it, it's hard to know how to explain it. It was just a thick presence in the air. I remember waking up and feeling that and feeling that same fear. It just, it's what it emanated. I couldn't see anything, but I remember... I was holding my, I was clutching my blanket up close to under my chin, kind of tightly, just scared, you know, as a kid would do. And I remember feeling the blanket get tugged and it like someone was pulling on it. And so I looked down towards the mirror at my, on my uh, closet to see if I could see something. And there was nothing that I could see there, but I could see that the blanket was in fact being pulled down. And I was holding on to it, so it's not as if it was sliding down. It wasn't a weighted blanket. It was just I had transformer-themed uh, bed sheets and blanket comforter. And I remember feeling it getting pulled down, and it scared the daylights out of me, as I would assume any kid would. Um, and it, it took all the effort I could. It was almost like it was taking my ability to speak. I, I, I was trying and trying and trying to say no, to say no, to say something. And finally, after struggling a bit, I just was able to say no. And like that, it broke. It stopped. The pulling stopped. I was able to pull my blankets back up. And the air just cleared. And it was... It was bizarre. It was surreal. It was, I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't say anything because I felt like people would think I was crazy. Uh, but I remember it very clearly to this day. And it just, it was an unusual experience. And it didn't stop there. Uh, later on, my father and I ended up moving into um, another house in a different place where I moved and finished out schooling in, in this town. And in that house, uh, we knew a little bit about the house. We knew that the family that lived there before, uh, they, I guess the, the father was a junker or something. He would hold, he would get like old cars and things and he would maybe work on them, but sometimes he wouldn't. And we knew that there was stuff buried on the side of the house that was old, old car parts. And when the soil would get eroded, sometimes we would find those engine blocks and things like that. Um, but that's what we knew. I remember when we first moved in, it wasn't too long after that, there was a boy that came to our house. I say boy, he was probably a teenager, 19, 20 maybe, or something like that, I don't know. Uh, came to the house, blonde-haired kid, um, asking if he could uh, come into the house and look around. He said he used to live there. And naturally, my father was like, no, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know you. Um, and the kid left, never saw him again. But the house 
always had weird things. And here was the thing that was frustrating is, um, usually I, I grew up a latchkey kid. I, I didn't have my dad around. It was single parent household. And so my dad would get up to go to work early, early in the morning when it was still dark outside. He'd head off to work and then I'd see him, you know, sometimes, you know, late in the evening or a couple of days later if he was having to do a truck run to Memphis and back. Um, and so I took care of myself in a lot of those ways. Um, especially as I was getting a little older where I could take care of myself more. So I would get myself up, get myself ready for school, food, get myself to the school, bus stop, go to school, come home, do my homework, do all the chores I was required to around the house. Um, and then I would usually just watch TV. And the way our house was built, it was kind of a long rectangle. So essentially, if you imagine a long, long rectangle house, you could envision essentially a corridor that runs down the middle of it and everything kind of was around that or in that format. And we had a big living area, but then to one end of the house were bedrooms where there was a main hallway and all the rooms kind of were along that hallway. Um, I remember when I was younger, it started out that I would start hearing what sounded like a whispering voice saying my name. And uh, I would ignore it at first because I was just like, oh, I don't know, my, my brain's, I don't know, whatever it is. But I would hear it again and again. And it always sounded like it was like coming down the hallway. And I'd look down and I wouldn't hear anything. Eventually, I would start trying to say something like, who is that? What is that? Who's talking to me? And I'd never get any response. I do remember it feeling like it was like a, a female voice that was saying that. And it was just a very quiet whisper. Just, Joseph, something like that. And it happened again and again and again and again for quite some time. To the point that I started thinking I was crazy. Uh, thankfully, during the time these things were starting to build up, my dad had a friend um, named Mary. Um, and she was kind of attuned to these things. And so I would talk to her a little bit about some of my experiences. But even then, I wasn't sure. I didn't want people to think I was a weird kid and crazy. I, w I already dealt with being uh, picked on a lot as a kid. And so I didn't want to create any more reasons for people to look at me weird. Um, and so I, I, I got a chance to talk with her a little bit. And that's where I began to learn a little bit of like what kind of crazy mental things we could do or whatever you want to call it. She would uh, test with me sometimes where she would take a book and she would open it up to some image and she would just tell me to focus and she would look at the image and ask me what I saw, if I could see what she was seeing. And I would start trying to describe it and then at a certain point she'd turn it around and I'd see, wow, yeah, I was actually seeing things she was showing me. I wasn't seeing it 100%, but I was seeing it. And again <laughs> what do you do with that when you're a kid i don't i don't know what to make of that that's crazy not everyone i know around me hard in fact no one i knew around me um was like that um and so i knew that there was something there i just didn't know what to do with it i didn't understand it and i didn't really have much for any support in trying to figure out what to do with it but I did know that other than the female voice, and that one, it would speak to me, but it wouldn't ever really, it, I didn't get a sense of fear with it. But there was another presence in the house, and it was definitely a dark one. Um, it would make noises, it would do things to mess with me. Um, 
In fact, one time, I remember I had a friend stay the night. He never came to stay the night again. I don't blame him. But I was up on the other side of the house at the TV room, uh, just watching TV, having cereal while he was still sleeping in my room. And I remember him saying something. He had told me later that he was telling me cut it out because I guess something was messing with him and had like thrown something at him. Um, it didn't hurt him, but it was just messing with him while he was sleeping. And uh, it was stuff like that that I knew there was, th there was something in the house and it was that other presence that would do that. Um, and so it was the beginning of a journey that I had to navigate without knowing who to talk to about it. Uh, we'll, we'll pick up more on that uh, after the break. Hey, welcome back to Anything Goes and our discussion on spiritual things. Well, before the break, I was addressing the fact that um, as I was coming into these experiences, um, it was kind of on my own and trying to figure out how to navigate it. And as it would be the challenge for any kid, especially one if you're dealing with being picked on and stuff as well, uh, bullied, um, it makes it harder for you to work through those things because you don't have those resources and those connections to know how to navigate it. And so during that time, as I was dealing with these things, I tended to work through it in my mind and also in my artwork. I would do, at the time I was interested in doing special effects. I've always still enjoyed doing special effects and makeup and all kinds of creative ventures. But my art is really where I started trying to let some of that out and figure out how to process it. Um, because I didn't know where else to go with it. And as time went on, there would always be little things that would go on in the house, little knocks. Um, I remember at one point, for a period of time, I would hear at night what sounded like footsteps, pretty clearly like footsteps on the carpeted hallway. And it would walk all the way down the hallway away from uh, my room. My room was at the very end of the hallway. And then I could hear it come back and it would get louder and come all the way up and I would hear it stop at my door, like shuffling, like the feet would shuffle as it was coming to a stop on the carpet at the door. And I remember for a long time I would hear that and it, it scared me. Not that the presence itself was scary, it's just, you know, it's really scary for anyone, especially as a kid, to have things like that happening and you can't see it. You just hear it, you feel it, and you can't, you don't know what to do about it. And I remember hearing things like that for a while where I would hear these steps up and down and up and down the hallway. It almost felt like, um, like a guard patrolling or something, I don't know. I remember on that account, at one point, I, I got used to hearing those footsteps and then one night I would turn my bed or my I would turn so that I faced away from the doorway, my back to it, um, so that I didn't have to look at it. My foot of my bed was again toward towards the door, um, but I would roll over so I would face towards the window to the outside of the house and just kind of look that way. Um, and I remember one night when I had done that, I heard the footsteps come back up to the door on the carpet and then stop. 
And then I heard it get louder and it came next to my bed behind, like to my back. And I stiffened up and, you know, I'm sure my eyes were about as wide as could be at the time. Um, and I just, I laid there. I didn't know what to do. I knew it was there, but I did, it wasn't doing anything. And then what I felt was a, like what felt like warm breath across my neck. And that freaked me out. Um, and so I just laid there. And then finally it stopped and it walked back out of the room and then walked back down the hallway. And it never did that again. But I remember feeling that. And then I just, I filed it in with the other experiences of like, well, there's more weird stuff in this house. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth here in the timeline, but I'm trying to figure out how to define things and explain things and give some connection. In regard to that, at some point in my young life, I remember my dad talking about an experience in my grandparents' house when they were young, him and his siblings, where down the street from their house, there was a house they would go to. It was like kind of an older two-story uh, Victorian-looking kind of house. Um, and I had seen it when I was young, and I would wander through the neighborhood with friends. Uh, it didn't look like anything ominous. Um, it just was a house. I think it was kind of like yellow-colored or something. But I remember my dad telling an account of where him and some of his siblings went, because the girl that was at the house that lived at the house was at their school and she was pretty quiet but she invited some of the kids to come to their house for birthday and if my father and uncle's account is correct and and true they said that they were there for the birthday and as they brought the cake out and they were doing the whole happy birthday thing my dad and uncle swear that as they were singing the song the cake lifted up off the table and went back into the kitchen and into the refrigerator and the door closed on the refrigerator and the kids obviously freaked out and kind of left uh, quite quickly um i don't know if that account's true if it is um, then there was some they had had some encounter like that and my father had seen something like that if that was to be seen as true and so he was at least a little familiar with something paranormal out there or whatever you want to call it spiritual or whatnot um, and so I knew that he had had that encounter but for other reasons you know I didn't really open up to my dad about those things um, but I remember that stuff happened and then there was an account of one night where my dad told me and this was later on that he was laying in bed and my dad had this habit I don't have it, but my dad had this habit of sleeping with one foot hanging off the side of the bed, kind of out of the blankets or out of the sheets and stuff. Some sort of temp temperature regulation thing, I guess. My my wife does that, and I, apparently some people do. Um, but I remember my dad telling me that one night he was like he was doing he was sleeping, his foot kind of out of the sheets like that, and he swears that he felt something like like a hand push his heel of his foot that was hanging out of the sheets. To the point that it woke him up and he felt his foot kind of swinging. And he was like, okay, I guess it's nothing. And then he said, I don't know if he fall, he was falling asleep and it happened again or if he was awake when it happened. But he said it happened again. And he thought it was me messing with him. And so apparently he said something to me, whatever it was, go back to bad boy or whatever it was. Um, 
And then when it happened the second time, he rolled over. And now, mind you, my dad was a man that he kept a... He owned a firearm. He had a, a handgun. And so I guess he reached for it and was, like, coming around to, you know, he wasn't sure what was there. I'm, I'm a little cloudy on the narrative. It's been a while since he had told me about that. But I remember him looking and trying to look around to see what was going on. And he said that he had got up and walked over to where my room was, which we had an adjoining wall. And so he saw that I was laying in bed asleep. And so he was like, well, what the heck? But he had had something like that happen in the house. And uh, throughout the years of living in that house, my dad had different friends that would uh, stay with us or we'd have family members. Uh, he had a friend that would come and visit from time to time and stay in the guest room. He had another friend that lived with us for a while, I guess I would say maybe a year or so uh, after he, while he was going through his divorce. Um, and then the last people that had lived in there was uh, an aunt and uncle of mine and their uh, first child at the time, my cousin. And uh, throughout the years I would hear things, but I remember when my aunt and uncle were living there, uh, my little cousin at the time, he would always be afraid to come down the hallway. He would only come down the hallway at nighttime if I turned my, my light on in my room and I stood at the door so he could see me and he would just bolt down the hallway and jump for me. He did not like being in the hallway. And in particular, the two rooms that creeped him out were on the right side of the hallway, as if you were coming down the hallway towards my bedroom on the end. It was the bathroom, and in particular, my father's bedroom. There was a presence there that was very dark and very not pleasant, and I knew it was there. I could sense it too every time I walked down there. Uh, but he was very sensitive to it, and I remember I picked him up one night to take him down to, the, to my room with me because he liked to be down there with me while I was playing games or whatever. And uh, I remember him being, you know, he was maybe a couple of years old. I'm holding him in my arms. And as we walked past, especially my father's bedroom, uh, it's dark in there because the lights were off because it was nighttime and nobody was in there at the time. And he, he, I could hear him just kind of, he, he was scared. just ah. And he would like grip into my arm with his nails. He was scared. And, you know, for a two-year-old, that's not acting, they're reacting. And I knew he wasn't wrong in what he was feeling, because I could feel it. In a way, it was affirming to me to know that someone else was sensing that, but I couldn't talk about it with a two-year-old. Um, and my aunt swore that she could sense something there, but, you know, that's it. They just sensed something was there. Um... And as we went forward in life, you know, I, I kind of got used to it. I knew there was a presence there. It never did anything to hurt me or anyone, as far as I know. It was mischievous, and it wasn't a pleasant presence, but then there was another presence that was there. And it wasn't, it wasn't a bad presence. It just was a presence. Um, I don't know for sure, but what I feel is I like to think that the presence I heard walking up and down the hallway may have been the more pleasant one, maybe keeping an eye on us. I don't know, from the more devious one. Um, <clears throat> that said, as I was growing up, there were weird things that would occur. And I remember one time when I was, I don't know, probably in my tweens years, you know, 12, 13 or something like that, uh, vacuuming the house. It was probably a weekend. And I was vacuuming the guest bedroom. As I started to vacuum under the bed, I had no reason to think, th to think anything would be there, but I just 
in my mind, I had this sense, there's something there, look under the bed. And so I stopped vacuuming, I looked under the bed and I found a clear plastic drinking straw. And that's not odd in itself, but what was bizarre was that when I pulled it out and I showed it to my dad, it was a clear drinking straw that had been like pinched over a couple of times on both ends. And inside the straw was what looked like a bunch of like queen ants or whatever. There were the really big long ants with the wings. And that's all it was, just those kinds of ants, bunches of them in a straw that was closed off on both ends under the guest bed. How it got there, I have no idea. My father had no idea. He thought I had done it. I was like, no, I mean, how would I? I don't even know how I would get those kind of ants because I thought they were queen ants. They may not have been, but it was all ants that were big ones with wings. Um, and so there was weird things like stuff like that. On one occasion, my father found, and he showed me, on the outside of our house on the side, on the end where we had the living room and all that, there was what looked like a crystalline white salt crystal-y kind of stuff that was on the wall in the form of a drawing. And the drawing was almost like if you had a flat horizontal line and then it went up and then down and then flat and then up and down and then flat again, like a couple of hills. Um, and on top of the hills, there was like these little stick figure people drawn, but it was weird because it was all this salt, white, crystalline kind of stuff that it was drawn with. My father thought I did it. I had no idea how you would even do that because it, it, it looked almost like salt crystals or something like that. These kind of translucent, whitish kind of crystalline structures, but that was what the drawing was made of. Eventually, I don't know if we washed it off or it just went off after rain or something, but it left this oily residue of the drawing on the side of the house for a while. And that was another one of those weird things that I was like, well, I don't know how that happened. That's weird. I just chalked it up to this house does has weird stuff happen. Um, and so I'd always known there was something there. But, you know, what do you do about it when you don't know anyone else around you that really understands that? You don't have friends that get that, and so it creeps them out. And then around that time, as those things were happening in life, I started developing other abilities. Like I could sense things in people, I could sense things around people. And sometimes I could even see uh, places I'd never been to. Like with a friend of mine, I remember talking to her on the phone. Um, and she was testing my ability to see if I actually could see things and asked me to describe her room. And I, so I did, and I told her, I was like, okay, well, this is what your room looks like, and you have a desk here, and you're sitting here, and this is what that looks like. You got a pencil holder sitting here that looks like this. Um, and, you know, it, there was no perverseness in saying this. I was just trying to describe what I knew because I was young. And I said, and your underwear, I think they're like white with these like little multicolored like stripes or circles, dots. I don't remember that detail as much um, after this many years. But I remember it freaked her out because she was like, how do you know that? And I, I didn't. And this was before internet was as it is now, and we didn't have all the webcam stuff and all of that going on. And so there was no creepy surveillance going on, not that I would have done it anyways. Um, but those things developed. And that obviously, I was quiet about that because I knew people would already see me weird, already saw me as weird because of things, and I was picked on, and I didn't want any more fuel for the fire for that. Um... But I remember those things. I remember having those things occur. Um, and to this day, um, as far as I know, my father had told me, even in recent times, there's a, a pattern that's developed where at the end of the day, around five, I think he said around 
four, five, or six in the evening, every day at the same time, on that same exterior wall where those weird drawings showed up, there's like three pounds or knocks on the wall, the exterior wall, like a knock, knock, knock. And that's it. And it just kind of happens. And as my father has gotten familiar with it, he hasn't thought much of it. But these things have occurred. And this has been part of the life I've known is these, this is life. I don't know what it is, but it's there. Now, growing up in a Catholic family and growing up in kind of a Christian upbringing, um, it was the only way I knew how to define things. So I defined things as angels and demons and whatnot. Um, but I, I do know that the presences I would encounter weren't always the same. Some seemed good, some seemed definitely bad, um, and there were different emotions it would invoke in me. You know, some sadness, some confusion, some anger, and then the darker things were very much violent and aggressive. Um, and so, I, you know, this was, this was life. Now, moving forward in life, there were a lot of things I began to encounter, um, but still didn't have a lot of people around me that knew it. Some, there were a few. And so it got to where like I could sense things about people. Sometimes I knew if something was gonna happen before it happened uh, in a dream. Um, sometimes I would just see things while I was awake. Uh, I guess they call it like a vision or something. Um, and some have occurred, some have not occurred. I don't know if they will or if it's just not the right time. Um, for example, I remember at, at one point when I was living at my grandparents' place when I had just gotten out of the military, um, I remember there being things there as well, but I remember having a dream where I saw what looked like, and I had told a friend about it later, that I had this dream that what looked like a spaceship, like a, or not a spaceship, like, you know, ET kind of thing, but like a space shuttle. And it was, or something like that, some sort of space program stuff. And I remember seeing it, and then as it came through the atmosphere, it like broke apart, and it was like in pieces, and there was like these smoke trails behind it as it was flying through the air, and it was scattering about. It was probably a week or two before, and I had told my friend about it, and then a couple of weeks had passed, and I remember her calling me, and I was woken up to a phone call from her, and she told me, hey, turn to this channel. And I said, why? She said, just turn to the channel, you'll see. And when I went into the channel, it was, um, this is a few years back, but there was, I don't remember if it was a shuttle or space, some part of space something, and it, it had fallen out into the atmosphere and scattered, and there was debris that scattered across, like, Texas and I want to say a couple other states. But the vision, I, or the image I saw on the screen was exactly what I had seen in my dream. And it freaked me out, because what do you do with that? Why did you know that that was going to happen? And why were you told that? And who told you that? And what are you supposed to do with it? Um, and so those were, those are things I've known for my life. Um, being that I grew up in a kind of Christian upbringing in a Catholic family, um, I've tended to find things in, in that way, but I know that there are things. Um, I still see things. There's sometimes I see presences, sometimes I just feel them. Um, and at my grandparents' place, that was the case. I would see these presences, creepy, um, 
they were usually either very creepy looking or they were like creepy and like half animal, half human. I, like it, it was bizarre. Um, and then during that time was also when I would begin, sometimes I would begin to start to see things, entities that were with people. Um, I'd be, it got to a point where I would be at like a movie theater and I could see these, I don't know, creature things that were around people. Um, and I, I remember even doing drawings and describing or trying to draw the different kinds of entities that I would see the manifestations of them in my, in my mind. Um, and through my life, I've, I've had encounters where I've talked with people about spiritual things. And, you know, as I, as they want to understand about it, I would tell them, Hey, if you want to get into this, I'll talk to you about it, but just understand in my experience, when I have these conversations with people, it's kind of like, uh, it's like pulling back the curtain between two realms. Once I talk to you about this and start sharing this with you, don't be surprised if you start having things happen or noticing things. Um, but I mean, I've known this to be the case. Uh, and so all of that to say, I'm convinced there's something. How we define it, what it is, I don't entirely know. Uh, in my faith upbringing, obviously, I interpret it as being a certain way, but I know that there are some presences I've noticed and some things that are here that I don't know how to define them. They're here. They're not always messing with anyone. They're just kind of there, sometimes watching or whatever. And, and sometimes it seems like it's on a pattern, like the same time of day or night, it does it like it's a, a loop. Um, and so this has been the encounter I've known. Now, I leave that up to you as to how you define it, but I know from personal experience, there's something. Um, maybe more than one kind of something. Um, and so... In my adult life, what that has left me with is that, I mean, I sense things and I, I've i grown accustomed to it enough that usually if something's pestering me in that sense, I, I've gotten to the point where I can turn around and say, you get out now, stop, leave me alone. Um, but a lot of times, if it's not messing with me, it may, unless it bothers me a lot, I just kind of ignore it. Um, but I know that some people say that, you know, when you have those things going on, you should engage them. You should talk to them, try to figure out what's going on. Um, I haven't done that much, mainly because I don't know what I would do with it. I don't even know how to go about doing that. <laughs> um, but I know that there's something. And I suspect that there's probably many of you who have experienced something like that or know someone who has. Um, and it is weird. Um, and by weird, I don't mean something wrong with a person. I mean, it's not what we consider to be normal life. But there's enough of it that occurs and enough people that are encountering it that there's something to it. So, at any rate, uh, I leave that with you, not as a thing to creep you out about or, or anything like that. It's just simply to say this is something I've experienced and I suspect that there are many others as well. Um, and certainly... I would be happy to talk to people who maybe have encountered things like that, who want to share their story with me, or maybe have some things they could share about what they've done in dealing with those things and how to, how to develop those abilities or what to do with those abilities. 
Um, but yeah, um, the intent here is just to share something. And as, as usual with this show, it's about just getting us to think about something maybe we wouldn't or something that might be unusual or uncomfortable for us for the sake of just learning and growing and understanding that this world still has mysteries we don't quite understand. Um, yeah. Well, in order to keep this from going too long, I, I think I'll end it here. And as always, my friends, I will say thank you. Thank you to all of you that tune in. Thank you for being a part of the Anything Goes family. Um, your support is is appreciated. And in order to keep this podcast growing and in order to keep it from being filled with too many ads as I start trying to build it out, uh, the best way to do that is through contributors, through you. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H hyphen Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N and the number three, on my Anchor page, you'll find a button that says support. If you click on that, it gives you the option to do a 99 cent a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month uh, contribution. And that can be a monthly thing. By doing that, it's just a monthly that keeps going until you decide otherwise. The, that financial support allows me to continue to build the podcast, to continue to produce it. Um, and it allows me to not have to have as many uh, ads involved in it. Um, so if you like a podcast without lots of ads, then it's up to you. The more you can be a supporter of that, the more I can do that. And I, I don't mind doing that at all. I like that. Um, otherwise, thank you for all of you tuning in. And as always, keep curious, keep learning, be kind to one another, find reasons to be happy every day. And until the next episode, we will talk to you soon.